Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, then he'll do it. Or has he spoken it? Will he not make it good? The divine setup number five. What the Lord says, he will do. This is Sean and the Word. Hey, God bless you. Man, it is so good to be with you. Very thankful for this time that we have together. And this this setup, uh, really what it is about is how the Lord put me in situations uh, as I was maturing and growing in Him and understanding Him. He put me in a situation where, where I just... I said, man, you are faithful to what you say you would do. And this is so important. It's vital to as Christians as we walk with the Lord because, honestly, trusting God and his word, it's really about understanding his character. When the Lord says something and when the Lord promises you something, it is his word. And check this out. No man that says one thing and does another can ever be trusted. Uh, I've always said, a man is only good as his word. You know, that's the truth. But but Moses says here in that opening verse that we had read from Numbers, Moses, Moses says, no, 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 no. God ain't like a man where he should lie. That's not his nature. That's not his character. Don't try to relate God to a man. He is not going to say something and never do it. That's not who he is. He's never going to promise you anything and never and forget about it or, or, oh, man, it slipped my mind. I'm sorry. Maybe next time. That ain't how he works. You know, for us, we've all been disappointed. We've all been hurt or we've all been let down by somebody who said they were going to do something, maybe a parent. I'm going to take you to the park. They never took us to the park. Oh, I'm going to get you some shoes. Never got us the shoes. Oh, we're going to do this. And we never did that. You know, my mom always said that. We'll see. We'll see. So we knew what we'll see means by the time we're old enough. That means we'll never see it. <laughs> and is this her way of saying no? She struggled with saying no, so she'd throw we'll see out there, meaning she had the desire to do it but knew she was unable to do it. So instead of saying no, she gave us the we'll see. The Lord is not like that. I know that we've had a lot of people in our lives let us down. God is faithful. We cannot bring our human experience to our relationship with God in that sense. See, God's not affected by the fall. He is not subject subject to the fall. When the fall took place in in the garden, it did not impact God. God's still perfect. God's still holy. God is still awesome, and he's faithful. You know, we've learned to get our hopes up, and and, and then we'll get our hopes broken. And so over the years, as we got older, We stopped getting our hopes up because we got sick of our hopes being broken or being being disappointed. And you just can't bring that mindset to to your relationship with Almighty God because he He is not broken and He is not failing. He is faithful. What He says He will do, He does it. Now, Joshua chapter 21 Joshua gives an account of this. He does it on two different occasions, but I like this occasion 
how it's written, and I just want to share because it's kind of inclusive. But Joshua chapter 21, verses 43 through 45, Joshua recalls this. So the Lord gave Israel all the land which he had sworn to give their fathers, and they possessed it, and they lived in it. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, according to all they had sworn to their fathers. No one of their enemies stood before them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hand. Not one, listen to this, not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel ever failed. Not one of the promises God made to the house of Israel ever failed. All, all, every single one of them came to pass. The Lord promised the children of Israel will have the land. Check. He did it. He accomplished it. It's not just some pie-in-the-sky stuff. God gave it to them. The Lord also promised in this that he would allow them to live in it. Not just give it to them, but you're going to live in it. Check. It says here that they were living in it. They not only possessed it, it was not only something that was given to them, but they were enjoying it. Promise fulfilled. Check this out. He also promised in this statement from the words of Joshua under the influence of the Holy Spirit that God had promised that he would give them rest. Again, check. They had rest on every side, not just on one side, but every side. And then Joshua even adds on top of that, not one of the enemies stood before them, that the Lord gave all of their enemies into their hand. That God not only did what he said, but he did more than what he said. That his promises are, are, are not, not going to disappoint. They're way more than what we can ever think, ask, or imagine. He is good. He's faithful. And what happens here, it says, it says this, not one, and then he concludes with this, not one, not even a half of one of the promises of the Lord that said to Israel, failed. He did not disappoint in one area, nor did he mislead any of them, and he did what he said he would do. He proved that what he what that he does what he says, and he what he says he'll do. This is a very godly characteristic, by the way. This is one thing that I really love and I've learned. It's a godly trait to do what you say. If you say you're going to do something, do it. That's a great reflection, a representation of godliness. So check this out. We know that God was faithful to, to Abraham. We know that God was faithful to Isaac, to Jacob, to all the nation of Israel. We know that God was faithful to bring forth his son, Jesus Christ, as he promised. And we know that God's faithful to the church. But what about you? You know, Jesus said very clearly in John chapter 10, verse 27, that my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they obey me. They follow me. So one of the great characteristics about knowing God and being in a relationship with God is that we hear him, that he speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through his Holy Spirit, that he has given us promises. He's given us instruction. He's given us details of what he wants for us and where he would have us to go. So what about what God has told you? What about what God has promised you? One of these divine setups that I was telling you about, it happened to me in 
2004, January 2004. And what it did is, is it cemented in my mind and in my spirit that what he says he'll do, he'll do. Says you remember the last testimony that I was telling you. I was telling you about the testimony that end in December of two thousand and three, how Brother Jim Dixon uh, had said had said, "Oh, the, the youth don't pay tithes," and I really wanted to quit, but I learned to submit to authority. Well, this was in January. It was right after that, and the the people of the church they were really looking to have. They said, "Oh, Brother Jim, all he does is preach the gospel." Well. <laughs> Praise God. Wish we had more pastors like that today. They said, well, you know, there's got to be more than the gospel. Well, I don't know what else is more than the gospel. I mean, he's, he, Brother Jim preached the Bible. He preached the gospel. Well, they wanted something other than the gospel, and they were they just wanted, they thought that that would help to, to kind of weed him out. And so he felt this pressure. And so in January 2004, I would say under depression, discouragement, or whatever, he said, I'm going to retire. He got in front of the church at the beginning of January, and he says in June of 2004 would be his last Sunday, and then he's going to retire. And left it at that. And I'm like, man, I was heartbroken. I said, man, I just can't believe that this is happening. Really heartbroken. And... Uh, they, the church formed a, a search committee, a pastor search committee, to begin looking for, for pastors and who would replace them. And during that time, this is a, towards the end of January, the Holy Spirit spoke to me towards the end of January 2004, Sean, you're the man. I want you to submit your resume. Now remember, at this time of my life, I had been a, a youth pastor for almost two years. I started a youth group from nothing, and God had grown me supernaturally in those two years. Unbelievable. I, I, I hadn't had church experience up until two years previously. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't, uh, wasn't a church goer up until God dramatically saved me, as you remember. Uh, I hadn't had any type of training or any type of education. I was still waiting I was in, enrolled in community college waiting to go to the Baptist College of Florida. I mean, I was waiting. I was waiting for that to work out. I was, again, in January, I was enrolled again in the, to the community college. And God's like, put your resume in. You're the man. I'm like, okay. I submit. I get in front of the church on the, the last Sunday in January 2004, and I said, I really f- feel I'm inadequate, but the Lord showed me David and how David wasn't even considered that he was a shepherd boy out there with the sheep and wasn't even considered, but yet he was God's man for the job. And the Lord told me that I'm I'm the man, and he wanted me to submit my resume. I said this, and I was doing announcements in the middle of a worship service in front of the whole congregation, and I said that, and I said, well, here is my resume, and I gave it to the to the deacon, the head deacon at that time that was in charge of the pastor search committee. And he took it. He had this, you know, older gentleman. He had this little smirk on his face, you know, thank you, thank you. And that was it. About a month and a half later, about a month later, one of the young people that was, that I started the youth group with, she was in the, in the pastor search committee team as well. And she comes to me and she says, Sean, I just want to let you know 
that they took your resume and they threw it straight into the garbage, didn't even look at it. And I'm like, man, I mean, that's not on me. That's on them. I know exactly what God told me. I know what he told me. I know what the Lord says, that I was the man. Well, they ended up getting somebody in in June. They got somebody to pastor the church. In August, I left to go off to Bible college, and the Lord led me to uh, Tuig, New Hope Free Will Baptist Church, which I had shared a testimony in the divine exchange with y'all. I'm like, you're on your own, but I know what God told me. Well, during this time, the Lord shows me, man, what he says he would do, he would do. What he promises, he is faithful to do. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And the author of Hebrews is speaking to a a group of believers that had endured so much, and they felt so far away from what God had for them. And And the author says, listen, I don't want you to grow discouraged. I want you to grow weary. I want you to know that God is faithful to what he promised, that the Lord says it, the Lord will do it. We need to understand that today in our generation. You need to build a wall around the promises and the word of God, and you need to watch over it carefully because he is faithful to bring it to pass. What he says he will do. Well, December 2006, I get a phone call from one of the leaders of the church that was also on that pastor search committee. They had gone through so much in those two and a half, almost two years, over two, almost three years. They had gone through so much. I was pastoring in two egg. I was enjoying college life. God was growing me by leaps and bounds. I was living the life. Hallelujah. Well, they called me and they said, Sean, we really need your help. And I'm like, well, I can I can pray for you and encourage you. Absolutely. No problem. So they told me a situation about the current pastor, how it was awful what was happening. They were in a real bad situation. It was awful. It was not of the Lord at all. My heart broke for him. I loved the people. And I said, you know, I'm just going to pray for you and encourage you. If there's any way that I can help you, let me know. And they go, yes, we want you to come down and pastor. And I said, no, no. That ain't happening. <laughs> no, no. I'm in school. I'm six hours away. I'm in school. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm. I'm. We love you. Let's pray now. I prayed with him. Got off the phone, and I spent the next couple of days praying. And the Holy Spirit says, "Now it's time. Go home." And I said, "Lord, you know I go home. You remember when I told you that you were the man? Now it's time. Go home." The last Sunday in January 2007, during the transition from December to the, the month to, to January 2007, I stood in front of the congregation in Deland, Florida at Northside Baptist Church as their senior pastor. Almost exactly three years to the day that I stood up there and told them what the Lord had told me, that I was the man. God is faithful. The children of Israel didn't quite understand it, man, all those years of desert heat, sunshine that never messed their clothes or or rotted their flesh. A lot of trials, but God did what he said he would do. They didn't see it. They might not have felt it. 
But it came to pass that every good thing he said, he fulfilled, he did. What about you? You need to know today that God is faithful to his word. He's committed to you and he's committed to his word. Do not take the idiosyncrasies, the brokenness, the hurts, or the disappointments from your human experience relationships to your relationship with God. Could you just say with me, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust that you would do what you say you would do. Lord, I I might not feel it today. I might not understand it now. But I say, Lord, I trust you. You are faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I love you. And God bless you real good. Until next time, this is Sean and the Word.